Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm writer, filmmaker, and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, actress, filmmaker, and e-reader. This episode, we're helping you clean up your bookshelves and interviewing musician and author Amanda Palmer. But first... What are you reading, Bria? You know what? I got this really cute book in the mail from Archaea Press, which is a a comic book company who's been sending us books. This was probably for you. I don't know. I didn't know they were sending us books. (laughs) They've been coming to do my house and I have been, I think I gave them your address too. It's not, that's neither here nor there. Um, It's a book called Pizzeria Kamikaze uh, written by Etker Karet and Asif Hanuka and it is translated by Miriam Schlesinger. It's a very short comic. It's a four issues, you know, like it's a trade, but it's in a a hardback form. It's beautiful art, but basically it's about a guy who committed suicide and he goes to an afterlife in which everyone committed suicide. And so it's just him hanging out with other people committing suicide and now he's looking and he starts to look for his ex-girlfriend who also is apparently there somewhere and so he's trying to search for her. But in this place... You think it would be so different, but no, he just ends up working at a pizzeria. Also, you know, obviously trigger warnings for people who... Very much so. Yeah, be... um, Triggers for suicide or suicide attempts. Yeah, very much so. And But it's also the art is like kind of dark. Like the world looks different than our world, you know? Yeah. So it's it's really cool. And um, it's on Arkea, which is a really cool publishing company. And it's going to count for my Read Harder Challenge translated book. Cool. One, which I think is like number 18. Wow. I don't know, I, I don't know if I've ever read a translated comic. That's pretty cool. I bet you have. I actually was halfway through this and was like, they said something about it being being in Hebrew or something. And I was like, wait, what? And so I went back to the beginning and realized it was translated. I didn't even know. What are you reading, Mallory? Uh, I am listening to a book called The Clothes Make the Girl Look Fat, Adventures and Agonies in Fashion by Brittany Gibbons. I'm listening to it on audio. And it's a memoir uh, by this. Brittany Gibbons is a plus size blogger and yeah. plus size like fashion consultant and cool. her it's like a, a sequel to her first memoir who's just called fat girl walking just about being a fat person living in the midwest and like her her like life growing up and and dealing with all of the horrible things that plus size people have to deal with right and this book is all about being in fashion yeah and this book is all really all about that like her it's sort of like a memoir of her her life but through clothes like she used to work at the gap when she was a teenager uh. trying to find clothes when she was a kid wow. and like how not only did, when she was the, when she was a kid this was before lane bryant or torrid and like having to find like clothes literally didn't even go up to her size oh, wow. having to find clothes and then like nowadays dealing with the way that companies deal with plus size fashion like just they sort of assume that pl- plus size people are like not they're like there's like regular women and then plus size women who like belong to a different species of alien right who, like, like they might not want to wear the same clothes yeah who don't yeah. who like want to cover who they are automatically assume plus size people want to cover up their bodies and wear ugly grandma clothes they're like here's your mumu yeah have a mumu yeah you must want to <laughs> cover yourself because you must hate your body like it's just it's this horrible cycle and um and her all the things that she's done to to combat that and to help uh, the fashion industry get more uh, accessible and and awesome for for plus size people. So we're going to take a moment to answer a recommendation request from Adara Ellen. She says, "Looking for dystopian books that aren't YA or well known." Bria, what do you recommend? So I did a quick search uh, on Goodreads because I was like, "Well, I have so many dystopian that are even not I know, YA." You were you were you would ask the right lady. But then I was like, you know what? I'm going to go find the one with the least number of reviews that I'm thinking about recommending. So that's how I decided it wasn't well known because I I don't know. Like, how do you know? 
I don't know what is well-known and what isn't because I read so many dystopian books. So the one I just finished that I want to recommend is called The Lamb Will Slaughter the Lion by Margaret Kiljoy, which is dystopia, anarchists, and demons all in the same the, universe. The, the trifecta. The trifecta of dystopian novels. It's very good and it's short. It's a tour.com release. I like that one a lot. And also I just read this book, Gathered the Daughters, and I can't remember if I talked about it on the show. What listeners don't know is we just had a little break because the cat unplugged the everything. Honestly, I could probably tell you that my book probably would have been done at least three or four months earlier if it wasn't for this little kitten right here. I once walked in on her with her little tiny cat foot on the delete button. Oh my God. For a, being a writer's cat with both of her owners being writers, you think that she would be better at this. She needs to, listen, Lula, get it together. <laughs> Lula, get it together. She doesn't know her name and she's not even looking at me. She knows her name. That's so she's just ignoring us specifically. All right. Uh, so my so second recommendation is Gather the Daughters. Gather the Daughters by um, Jeannie Malamed, which, have you read this? No, but we it's from, from our friends over at Little Brown. They sent Ugh. us an arc and I really need to read it. It's so good. I actually got it from the library. It is amazingly great. It's a real fucked up story about a colony on an island in a sort of dystopian world that is religious. It's very much handmade. It's very uh, Handmaid's Tale, but there's no costumes or costumes. <laughs> Whatever those people, robes. What are they wearing? Like uh, <laughs> it's like Handmaid's Tale, but in a nudist colony. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's no. naked. But it is. It is interestingly. It's not YA because of the content, and I can say if there is a trigger warning to be found. It is in this for um, everything from incest to ev- oh boy. all the things. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's a very trigger warning book, but it is about a colony of people and everyone is very young in the book, but I don't think it makes it YA because everyone is young in the book because once you hit, once your kids have kids, then you have to kill yourself. So also a suicide trigger warning. Uh, so you can't, there are no, people don't live past a certain age because they are not allowed to. Oh, wow. So that's one of the rules of it. Also, the rules are like... It's like Logan's Run. It's a little Logan's Run. It's a little Handmaid's Tale, and but with more more incest. <laughs> okay. It is a really fucked up book, but I was, it, I was just riveted. It's so great. It's very well done. So that's a really fun dystopian colony situation. People living outside of uh, a dystopian world trying to protect themselves. Cool. Um, what do you suggest for this person? I love when people ask for books that aren't well known because I'm like, how would I be able to tell you? Like, oh yeah, that's true. It's well, like, that's I why feel I like I need good reads. I was like, what is the like lowest number of reviews? I feel like I'm like, all right, you must come with me and I'm going to like pull a candelabra down and like take them to a secret temple where all the secret secret books are yes but also the problem is with my good with my goodreads strategy was that these are both new books that i'm recommending so they probably just like haven't yeah gotten the reviews that something like handmaid's tale would have um well my recommendation for this is a matka by oh, karen tidbeck so good it's a, it's a swedish dystopian novel about she, it's about a woman she's sent to a far colony in her world to collect information and when she gets there she starts noticing all sorts of like weird things about this colony i'm not going to spoil anything for you because i'm me um so it's sort of like margaret atwood meets jeff vandermeer and so if you like annihilation if you like handmaid's tale if you like you know sort of dread filled dystopian books this is the book for you it's creepy it's strange and it's wicked amazing i really loved this book it is very good i i do wonder about this book just it's swedish right because and i kind of forgot about that when i was reading it because everything is very spartan in this dystopia whereas you know some dystopia is full of things this one is a spartan dystopia yes and everyone's living in a colony again there's like 
dystopias that are very matrixy, where like yes. everyone's eating shitty oatmeal and wearing yes. gray clothes. Yeah, but this, this dystopia, is- there's like several. There's like that dystopia. There's dystopia where like. Just no one, no one can get it together. Everyone's just running free. This yeah, book, the Mad Max dystopia. Yeah, like End of the World Running Club. That's a yeah. good one that not many people have read. And it's like in a Bria one of those has been waiting to answer this Listen, question for a year. I have been waiting my entire. I've been preparing my whole life for this moment. And then there's dystopias, well, that involve sort of like science fiction elements. But. Yeah, this Blade Runner. Yeah, like Blade Runner. So you have your Blade Runners. You have your Mad Maxes. Mad Maxes, and then you have your you, the people got it together and they made a colony, and that's what this one is. Yeah, and the same with um with Gather the Daughters. Like they yeah. made it, they got it together. They made some fucked up weird rules, and yeah. now you have to. They live in this weird fucked up world. Yes, but it's so it's super compelling, and um it's also uh, a queer story. So if you're yep. looking for um, like science fiction with lesbian protagonists, this is a great book for that. It's super, the, it's really, really well written and it gets really, I loved it because the ending just gets super fucking weird. And it's a novella too, yeah? No, it's a novel. Is it a novel? Yeah. I can't remember. So you can email us your recommendation requests at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And as always, we want to thank Th- Danielle, who runs our Facebook group, and Chrissy and Rachel, who moderate our Goodreads page. And if you want to support the show, you remember, you can buy Reading Glasses tote bags and bookmarks in the Max Fun Store. We really, really appreciate it, especially when you Instagram cool photos of you guys with your totes or your bookmarks. It makes us really happy. My uh, mom just Instagrammed one of her in in France with hers. I know. Your mom wins. At so reading. cute. Your mom is the, aren't the number one Reading Glasses fan. <laughs> She's the we best. have to have one. I, she is the best. Well, that and like this cat. She's super excited this about This cat reading. is not excited. She unplugged the thing. She <laughs> actually wants to. This cat is the enemy of reading glasses. <laughs> well, Lula, my cat Lula is the enemy of anything that isn't me petting her. So it's my book, my podcast, anything that takes my attention away from staring adoringly at her. She doesn't like it. So before we talk about clearing off your bookshelves, we're going to take a quick break. Bria, can you tell me all the things you can do with Squarespace? Oh my gosh, you can create a beautiful website to showcase your work, blog or publish content, sell products and services of all kinds. How does Squarespace do this? Well, they have beautiful mobile optimized templates created by world-class designers, built-in search engine optimization and powerful analytics, and 24-7 award-winning customer support. So you can head to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code GLASSES to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Yeah, Mallory and I both use Squarespace. You can check out both of our individual websites. And you have two websites. I have two websites. You have two Squarespace websites. I have BriaGrant.com and Bria directsandrights.com I can't remember what it is or it's rights and directs it's one or the other <laughs> and you have just MalloryOmero.com check them out guys you can have ones just like this you can also be impressive website people like <laughs> me and Bria website people that's what we refer to ourselves <laughs> as yeah that's how it is in the future so that's squarespace.com enter code glasses 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 Bria Something exciting is about to happen. Oh my God. Something exciting. It's our first year doing this. We're so excited to be a part of the Max Fun Drive. It's coming up. It kicks off April 2nd and it runs for just two weeks. So it's not going to annoy you that bad, but it is going for two weeks. So the choices episodes will be run. There'll be great gifts offered for new and upgrading members. And this is the best time to support Reading Glasses and other Max Fun shows. But we. Our reading glasses. So we want you to support us. We're a little bit biased, guys. Sorry. <laughs> so don't miss it. It starts April 2nd. Yeah, the Max Fun Drive. So keep uh, keep listening, and we'll give you more information as that time gets closer. Yay. 
this week, it's time for some spring cleaning. You're going to get around to it. You totally meant to a while ago, but now your bookshelves are made up of piles and piles of books that are slowly taking over your home. Your e-reader has approximately 5 million books on it. You are more book than person now, (laughs) which isn't necessarily a problem, but sometimes you can't find the book that you're looking for. You know, a pile of books falls and and kills a small child. We're here to help you guys reassert control over your library. Now, we know it sounds crazy, but sometimes it's a good thing to get rid of books. (gasps) I know. I know. I can't believe I'm saying this. (laughs) Maybe you didn't like a book, but you sort of thought you might check it out again one day, but now it's been 18 years. Maybe you have four copies of it. Maybe you have great intentions about that 1,000-page tome about whale sex, but you finally accepted that you're never going to read it. It's the sequel to Moby Dick. (laughs) Wait, doesn't Moby Moby's die? dick? Mo- doesn't he die? At the-, the whale dies, right? Who dies? I don't know. I've never read that book. I can't, I can't. Somebody dies in Moby Dick. A lot of people die in Moby Dick. Does does not the I captain die? Oh yeah, but I don't remember if the whale dies or not. How could I not remember that? Here's the thing: that was written a long time ago. They're all dead. Oh, it's true. Also, <laughs> well, it's fiction. So but we need I- to know if Moby, Moby Dick gets laid. Why? Why are we talking about this? <laughs> so anyway, so this is this is not a bad thing if you're not reading all these books. Okay, you're not just you're not giving up. You guys aren't failures. You're making good library choices. You need to make room for more books. You need to. Ha- Get a little clean. Get a little organized. We're here to help. Mallory loves a clean, organized situation. Oh, I wish she is... would come to my house and just fix everything. Oh, it is, I love it. it. Is, I just reorganized my living room, and it has made me very happy. But also, we need we need like more bookshelves, which is annoying. Uh, you're well. You know who you're talking to. <laughs> you're talking to the right lady. Um, so Bria, how do you clean up your e-reader or your? Com- I know you have a lot of comics. How do you how do you keep them organized? Why well, physical books? And comics. I have all of it. I do have physical books. I know I say e-read a lot, but um, I have physical books, and I find that in every move, which somehow is like every fucking year, because I am me, and I feel, I just like cannot stay in one place for more than a year, I go through the books, and you really, when you move, you go, this book I do not want to carry to another house. Like you, that That is like a really good, like, like it, it really makes you make a decision because you're looking at these books and you're like, now I have to carry this book again to this other house and I wasn't even sure I wanted it at the last house. That really helps me quite a bit. And I always have a pile um, that I want to take to Goodwill. And then I try to keep that pile going at home. I always have like some sort of bag full of clothes and books and stuff that I'm going to take and donate somewhere. For ebooks specifically though, um, you know, I get them from the library. So I don't really have this book piles of books on my Kindle that much but you can which is this is weird so on your Kindle or on your e-reader kind of like the ghost of that book hangs out on your Kindle because even though it's Return to the Library the cover is still on your Kindle so you can go through I can go through and see every book I've read on my Kindle but you can't read them no it literally is a book ghost you can click it and it says this book is like not available or something like that yeah it's like it is the remnants of that book you need a book exorcist you really really do um, I do like to keep the ones on there that I've read, though. I like to see those covers on there just because when I go back, I'm going to be like, oh, that book. Oh, that book. Like, I keep them on there. And they're transferred from Kindle to Kindle. Is that true? Actually, I actually don't know if that's true. I don't know if I, I don't have my Kindle with me to tell you. But what I do is about every six months or so, I don't do this very often, I go through my Amazon manager content and devices and I delete the ones that I have not read because those are just book guilt waiting to make me feel shitty. Yes. Because I go, because if I go back through and I'm like, oh, I never did read 
whatever book that I checked out from the library 14 times and here's the cover of it I like to get rid of that cover because I'm like I'm never going to read this book it's just sitting here making me feel bad and it's like junking up with the books that I actually have read so you need to sort the good ghosts good from ghosts, the bad ghosts yeah the ghosts that will like you know what is it one is Christmas present no. that's the good one yes. it's good yes Christmas future is the really bad one no Christmas past, past was is- the good one present is doesn't that where you go see little Tim and no, tiny no, Tim present is um no present is present is the why do we never know this <laughs> i feel like every episode now that we, we're like we're, we're counting the plot of a very no, famous the book. past is he goes to some like he goes like, to Fezziwig's party somebody fancy yeah, and then he he's like some boss woman or something yeah that was when he was a kid but the present one is when he goes to see tiny uh, tim and tiny, tiny tim is ha- has no, a sad christmas happening no well that's not no that's the future one the present one is he goes to uh bob cratchit's house and sees the family and even though they're wicked poor they're still happy oh oh, oh that's true so it's a mixture of happy and i will 100 percent admit to you that i'm not thinking about the charles dickens version but rather the muppet christmas carol i am too <laughs> i am definitely thinking of that definitely because I was like you know the jolly ghost the like big the, jolly ghost and yes. then the future one was so scary well, the when future I was a kid, one, I would fast forward that part the future one is when they go to the cemetery and they see Tiny Tim's crutch against the little thing that's oh, a really bad one oh I see one. I remember that yes okay so these ghosts so you want to you want to get rid of your future Tiny Tim crutch ghosts and you want to keep, keep the big happy puppet ghost <laughs> with a beard Wait, wasn't one ghost just a bunch of like chains or something no that's waldorf and statler oh yeah you're right you're right you're right that but that's the first one that they meet oh yeah they're just like and there's gonna be some ghosts tonight yeah what would you do if a ghost full of chains showed up at your house and was like you're gonna be visited by three ghosts other than me i would get upset because it would make the cats annoyed and i wouldn't be able to sleep yeah that's probably true they would go crazy (laughs) all right mallory what do you do with all of your books let's get back on subject (laughs) Um, topic uh, so you probably wouldn't know it because my, you know, Alan and I have literally thousands and thousands of books. They just live in a book. We you live know, the old, like, you know, the old woman who lived in a shoe. shoe. It's just, we, Alan and I live in a shoe. Oh, here it is. The old woman who lived in a shoe. She had so many cats. She didn't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's my life. Uh, but we clean out our books pretty regularly. Uh, moving obviously helps. I've moved four times in the past two years. Um, but it's good to do regular clean out so you're not like crying sadly over a pile of paperbacks while packing boxes and you have to move. Um, for books that we've read, we only keep the ones that we really liked. Um, and we do this because, I mean, nothing is more soothing to me than looking at shelves and shelves of books, but I want them to be books that I have happy memories of. I don't want to be looking at a shelf of books and like, oh, those are all kind of okay, or oh, I didn't really want to read that one. Um, so I only really want to keep the ones that I like or the ones that I'm going to reread because I'm a rereader. Um, those are still like, those are the ghosts of future. They, they're like the same kind of like guilt, guilt ones. Yeah. Because really the ghost of the future, I'm sorry to sticking on, stick on this, was to make him feel bad. Yeah, it's true. It That's worked, all though. those ghosts were trying to do. Is they're just like guilt ghosts. Yeah. So basically. guilt ghost books, you want you you get rid of, you get rid of. Yeah. Or yeah, you just ones that I don't have good associations with, and you know. So what we do is, if a book was sort of like so so, and I know Alan isn't going to read it, it'll go in the sell pile. We have a few different piles that we keep um, on top of one of the bookcases. One is books that we're going to sell at the last bookstore, which is our local um, indie bookstore. Or if we can't sell it because it's an advanced review copy, it'll go in the box that I send to the um, woman's um, prison program. The woman's prison program. Yeah. Um, and if a book is really horribly garbagey, we will just like 
Turn it into shreds. We'll just throw it away. Wow. Uh, in, in some books, like if they're not in great shape, like I don't feel comfortable sending them to the women's library program or they're not in good enough shape to sell. We'll put there's a little free library in the park near our house. So oh, we'll, yeah. we'll put it there. You know, you have so many people in and out of this house or maybe it's just because I'm in and out of this house so much. You could do one of those baskets by the door. Like, you know, an, we, we do that at parties. Etsy situation. We actually do that uh, at parties. Oh, like yeah. instead of like a sexy party where you swap keys, you like take a free book oh, at God. Mallory and Allen's. <laughs> so, but we because of that, we kind of keep our bookshelves constantly pruned. Oh, that's good. So we there's never we don't keep books around that we don't really really like. But Bria, what do you do about books that people give to you? Mm. I have trouble with this because I have good, I have the best of intentions when it comes to books that people give me. I have a shelf that I keep books on that I want to read soon. And honestly, if they've been on there for more than a certain amount of time, I just, I get rid of them. Like, like once they've been on there for a couple years, I'm like, what am I doing with this book? But I do give it a while, like a couple years, which is not like, I mean, clothes, I am not the same way with. If it's been like six months with clothes, I'm kind of like, you're in the garbage. I know you, you do know? a lot of, we do a lot of clothes swaps. I do a lot of clothes swaps, which really helps me to prune my closet. But the, the book situation, I keep them a lot longer and it takes me so long to actually take them to the Goodwill, but I do eventually take them to the Goodwill. The only problem I have is when they're uh, signed to me from whoever gave them. Oh, no. And that one, I, those, I don't know what to do with those. I kind of just like sit on them and they look at me like I'm, they're angry at me. Like they may, as, we may as well put googly eyes on them with like angry eyebrows. <laughs> Bria. That's the ghost. There's, there's some, the ghost of uh, future, future book guilt yeah, right there. True. So what, what do you do? What do you do with people when they've given you books? Uh, I, I also used to keep books that people gave me for years, even if I didn't want to read them. Now I practice something that I like to call radical book acceptance. So I'm just sort of like brutally honest with myself. Am I going to read this gigantic book, book of quotes from authors I've never heard of? Do I really need three copies of this book that people keep giving me for some reason? I, I have like a handful of books that I will not name that for some reason, people just keep giving me copies of them. I've gotten one book four times. What? Four I times. I really want to know what it is. I will tell you after the show. Oh, tell me now. Oh, no, I don't want to talk, okay, talk about it on the show. Fine. Because <laughs> I never, I've never read it. It's like the Marie Kondo, you know, Japanese art of tidying up system. No, I really believe in this. But instead of bringing me joy, is am I really going to fucking read this? And it's okay if the answer is no. I And if I don't, if someone gives me a book and I don't want it, I'll normally gift it to a friend who might like it or I'll donate it. That way, when I look at my bookshelves, I feel like happiness. I feel excitement to read things, not guilt. Because you're never going to fucking read that chicken soup for the niece's soul that your aunt gave you six years ago for Christmas. It's just not going to happen, guys. And it's like, the way that I look at it is that like yeah I can feel guilty and like some like I I used to just keep books around them because I was like liked having piles and piles of books I like the aesthetic of having a full bookshelf but honestly it's kind of selfish if there, you have a book and it's like a nice brand new book that someone gave to you and like if you care about that it's like a it's like a little bird <laughs> if you care about let it, it let it go let it go let it go find its reader you know is that a thing with a bird I don't know. I feel like a bird is like you just let it go because it's like a bird. A bird. Oh, uh, maybe you're right. May- I don't know. I think it's like that's this person you're dating. Oh, oh. maybe. <laughs> what is that phrase for? <laughs> I don't know. Cats? Is it for a cat? If you love a cat, let it go. No. <laughs> Keep them. Mallory literally just reached over and petted her cat when I said that because she was so sad about that idea. But yes, you're right. If you love a book, if if you love books, but you don't love this particular book. <laughs> 
Let this is know. a complicated way of saying this phrase, but I feel like it makes sense. If you love this book, but you don't lo- love books, but you don't love this particular book, let it go. Let it go. Well, because there's so many. Again, you're you could give it to someone who actually might like it and might read it. You can donate it to someone who would really want it. Like again, like you know, the women's prison program is a great place. Or also. And from a totally fucking selfish standpoint, sell it and get a book that you actually want. Yeah, that's true. Me and Alan, probably once every couple of months, we go down to the last bookstore with a big box of books. And we've gotten, sometimes we get a lot of money for them, like especially if they're photo books or whatever. Um, and we'll just, then we'll go buy, we'll go buy another pile of books, but books that we actually want to read. Yeah, I think in this situation, you kind of have to decide like how if your aesthetic is having a million trillion books then it's like fine but still there's a way to pare that down oh yeah I feel like Amanda Palmer talks about in our interview too yeah and you know if you've got some nice old beautiful books that you like having on the shelf because they look nice like go ahead and keep them if you got the space on your e-reader go ahead and keep all of this stuff especially if you're going to use that time or money or space to put in books that you actually want to read Mm -hmm. you're not like it's not like you're giving books up forever yeah that's true you're not going on a sabbatical from books. No, you're just getting more. So it's it's okay. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> or you can get, it's okay to pare things down. Mallory says no. I, well, that's, that's the thing. It's whenever we get, we're, it's like that vicious cycle. Whenever we like go to, we like, yay, look, we're getting rid of this huge box of books. Cut to two hours later. Yay, we came home with this new box of books. <laughs> so you can send your thoughts to clearing off your shelves to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And before we talk to Amanda Palmer, we're going to take a quick break. Hey guys, this is Adam Conover. You may know me from my true TV show, Adam Ruins Everything. Well, guess what? Now we're doing a podcast version right here on Maximum Fun. What we do is we take all the interesting, fascinating experts that we talk to for just a couple minutes on the show, and we sit with them for an entire podcast, really going deep and getting into the fascinating details of their work. Find Adam Ruins Everything wherever you get your podcasts or at MaximumFun.org. So we are here with author, musician, and general wonderful person, Amanda Palmer. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. It's nice to be here. Amanda, what are you reading right now? Uh, it's really embarrassing. Um, I have become a kind of a, like I used to be kind of a book slut. And at the moment, I I am reading like 12 books at once. And I think this has happened because I just, I had a baby two years ago my reading slowed down to this glacial pace where I was barely able to pick up a book for months. And then just, I just went on this trip to South Africa and started having time to myself for the first time in what felt like ever. And and we were living right near a bookstore. So I did that terrible thing where I started buying like two books a day and starting a new book every day. And I didn't even have room in my suitcase. And I came back from South Africa with like 20 books. I had to throw away clothes. I I mean, I could list them but I also I'm always proud of myself when I'm reading a bunch of books at one time and I'm even proud of myself when I can put down a book that I've started because I lose interest because I was one of those terrible like Catholic guilt self-flagellating teenagers who thought that I was a bad like morally corrupt person if I didn't finish a book that I started and it wasn't until I got into my 20s that I let myself off the hook and was like no I'm bored I'm putting down that book I'm going to pick up another one 
I mean, that's great. That's what we we always advise people on the show that they should just put down the books that they don't yeah. like. Absolutely, we are book dumpers for sure. <laughs> um, so I, I actually, I'm uh, last night. I started reading a book called Broken Open by Elizabeth Lesser. It's fantastic. It's uh, she's a she's a fantastic mindfulness meditation personal growth teacher. But it's not your, you know, it's not your sort of crystal hippie bullshit. It's, it's a really beautiful book about her divorce, um, and what happened in her life. And I'm also, uh, I'm reading a book that, um, I found in South Africa, but that comes from over here by Masha Gessen called the future is history, how totalitarianism reclaimed Russia, which is pretty amazing. And I also picked up the Silk Roads, which is this big fat honker of a history book. Um, but a sort of like, let's retool our perspective of human history from a non-Western perspective that's pretty great. Um, and I got handed a book twice in South Africa called Feminism Is, which is just a great collection of essays and stories by South African feminists. And a bunch of people pressed that into my hands, so I brought a copy back. Amazing. Awesome. Well, this is the perfect time to have you on the show because this episode is all about purging your overflowing bookshelves. So- oh, man. <laughs> the last person you want to talk to. I'm a serial <laughs> book hoarder. I just keep adding new rooms to my house to stick the books in. And Neil is even worse. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're we're book hoarders. I am really good at, at giving books away though. One of the, one of the most satisfying things I find about finishing a book, if I really love it is, is, is immediately trying to pass it on to someone who I think is, is going to like it. I, uh, I, I just read a book right before Christmas. Um, and the way it landed into my hands is a, is a, is a, is a kind of a cool story too, but it, I don't really read fiction anymore. I, especially when I started touring in my mid twenties, for some reason, something flipped in my head and I had been a pretty voracious fiction reader. And all of a sudden I just wanted to read about true things and facts and knowledge and like explain the world to me books. And I just, I just drifted further and further away from fiction until I realized at a certain point, like, oh my God, I don't think I've read a fiction book in, you know, five or six years. And then this book by Anthony Doerr, All the Light We Cannot See, fell into my lap. And I, I read the first page, you know, a few pages of it, beginning of December, thinking, oh, this is going to be boring. I don't like fiction anymore. And it sucked me in so hard. And I was racing to bed every night to read this book. Like I was just more interested in this book than food or sex. It was that great. (laughs) And I just loved every page of it. And I just, I felt like I was in this romantic relationship with this book that was so beautiful and profound and heartbreaking and sweet. And I got to the end of the book and it was almost Christmas. And I went down to my local bookstore, the Golden Notebook in Woodstock, and I ordered 20 copies of it. And then I gave a copy of it to literally every person I knew for Christmas. I love that. Uh, And I just like, and it felt so good because it had, it had just been such a delicious experience to me to read it. And it also kind of flipped my fiction brain back on. I found myself thinking like, Oh, right. Maybe I just haven't been coming across the right books. Maybe, maybe it's me and not the books. Maybe I just am ready to get back into fiction and I need to find the right fiction. 
That's definitely that's definitely possible. So coming from a book hoarder, what, <laughs> I, one book hoarder to another, do you, do you guys have a method for which books you do keep? Do you keep all the books or is the books that you don't like you give away? I, I have to actively not like a book to give it away. Um, but you know, what's funny is the books that wind up on my shelf are usually the in between books. You know, they're like all of the books that I bought in high school and college in my twenties are kind of sitting on my shelves, totally unorganized. Cause I've moved twice in the past six years and I haven't gotten around to re-alphabetizing and reorganizing my books. So they're just thrown up on the walls, like a big fucking mess. Um, but the books that I really love tend to vanish because I tend to have people over and go, what, you haven't read that? And I go find my copy of it and give it away. Um, okay. And if a book is really shitty, I'll just ditch it. I'll just give it away to Goodwill or the Salvation Army or, you know, dump it by the side of the road. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't clean out my bookshelves very much because we – we just inherit, you know, cosmically inherited a lot of space from the universe. So uh, we have a lot, you know, I have a whole little hall in in our house that just has lots and lots and lots of shelves that I put up so that I could never have to throw a book away if I didn't want to. And I also love looking at books. I love looking at books more than I like looking at art, more than I looking, you know, like looking at blank space, more than I like looking at pretty much anything. So to me, my favorite homes in the world, the people's houses I like visiting the most are the people who just have books from floor to ceiling, flooding the kitchen, flooding the halls, flooding the living room. And that's, it just makes me feel safe and loved to walk into a house where everything is just covered with books. So I'm working on covering our house with books so that we can feel safe together. <laughs> you would love Mallory's house. <laughs> <laughs> so what about when you're traveling? You just got back from South Africa. Do you, like, I mean, you said earlier that you got rid of clothes to make more book space, which I deeply approve of. But what, when you, when you don't like, or you do like a book and you're traveling, do you leave it in a hotel room? Do you give it to a friend? That's such a good question. Yes, I leave books everywhere. I uh, So my publisher had sent me a pile of books that I, I sort of felt guilty because I was supposed to, it was, you know, work-related, and I was supposed to look through these three or four books, but they were big honking hardbacks. And one glance at them told me I wasn't going to read these books, but I sort of needed to thumb through them for work reasons. So I stuck them in my suitcase. I got to South Africa. I set aside 20 minutes one night. I thumbed through all four books. And it was probably like five pounds worth of books. Um, and then I was like, okay, what do I do with these? So I went to the kitchen. I looked at everyone who was in the kitchen. I said, listen, these books are not great, but I'm leaving them on, I'm leaving them on the table. And if anyone <laughs> wants them, you can take them. And if not... Like I'm leaving before you guys. So you guys figure out what to do with them. And I scurried away. And then I found out that I had actually accidentally taken one of the books with me. Cause I found it. Uh, I went on tour at the end of my time in South Africa and I left Neil and, uh, and our nanny in Cape town. And in Johannesburg, I opened up my suitcase and I was like, ah, like a cockroach. Like one of those books was still in my suitcase. And I was staying in this sort of crazy designed art hotel that had a lot of cabinets in it. So I just, took the book and I hid it. <laughs> I hid it in one of the cabinets. And, um, and I was like, maybe the right person at the right time is going to open up that cabinet and 
find this book and it's going to somehow speak to them and change their life. So yeah, I, I hide books in places and, you know, sometimes when I, when I was living in Boston in an apartment, I would just leave them out in the street and they'd always be gone, you know, but out, out in the country where Neil and I live now, they would just get rained on and be sad. So, oh, yeah. Uh, There's nothing sadder than a rained on book. <laughs> oh man. So Amanda, can you tell us about your book, The Art of Asking? Uh, sure. What do you want to know about it? It's a good book. I like it. <laughs> it's a good book. We both love we it. We both really love it. Oh man, I don't know. I have my relationship with this that book keeps changing. It's funny, you know, I my relationship with songs doesn't really change. Usually after I write a song, it's like, oh, you know, that's a that's a fucking A plus song. That's gonna stay in my set until I die. Or, you know, it's an okay song, but it's not my favorite. And usually my my relationship with them doesn't really change. But my relationship with this book has really changed and gone through ups and downs since I wrote it. And, you know, I went, I've gone through real periods of like, uh, difficulty and regret that I wrote it so fast that I didn't edit it enough that I didn't quite write the right book for the right people at the right time that I should have written a different book, that it was too self-indulgent, that I didn't spend enough time on it. That, that, that. And like my, my regret machine with that book will just not shut up. Um, but then, you know, I'll go through phases like that and then I'll crank up Twitter and I'll see 17 people saying, oh my God, I just read your book and I just listened to the audio book and it, and I, I'm, and my dad just died and I'm going through a divorce and I can't thank you enough for everything you said. It was literally perfect and I'm rereading it and all of my regret machine will get kind of tempered down and softened until it starts up again a couple months later. <laughs> so I, I really didn't know, uh, what it was going to feel like to have written a book because I had never done it. And, um, and it's really, you know, it's really interesting how your relationship with it is elastic. It just doesn't stay the same. Do you think it's because the book is just the permanence of the medium of a book as opposed to music where you can kind of like rework it and you perform it? I mean, I, I'm, I'm not a musician, so I don't really know, but it just seems like every time you play music, you get to like revisit all of the emotions. Yeah, no, and you get to improve on it. You know, mm-hmm. it's like when you make a book or a painting or a sculpture, that's fucking it. There's a day that you call it done. And with songs, sure, there's the recording, but if you're a professional entertainer, traveling bardo songwriter like I am, you get to constantly rework them. And funny enough, I literally today re-released a song that I put out in 2008 that I had written in response to the Columbine shootings and I was never fully satisfied with it because when I released it in 2008, I put the sample at the beginning, which was kind of an in-joke and a little bit random and it was weird and, and I thought it was fun at the time, but it over time, I regretted it. And so I just re-released the song today and, and re-released the video without that sample and instead reading the names of the kids shot in Parkland. And I'm like, the song's fucking better now. It's more finished. And I get to do that because it's my fucking song and I have the internet. 
And I even charged my Patreon for it and took the 15 grand and gave it to the marks that's happening on the 24th. And there's something about that. Like you don't get to, Neil is never going to get to do that with American gods. He doesn't get to take the book and say like, oh, I'm going to take out chapter five and rework it a little bit for 2018. And I mean, I guess technically he could, um, but you don't. It's like it goes against the convention of bookness and the finishedness of of bookness. And I kind of feel bad for the book writers and the and the painters. Although I have a feeling, you know, if I were if I were a painter, I would just be like, "Fuck that! Give me that back! I'm going to redo that. I don't like it. I'm going to put it back up on the wall and I'm going to paint it blue this time." Um, <laughs> and, you know, and it's also it's just a question of the internet. Like the internet really made that possible. Um, you know, if Prince had wanted to do it back in 1988, like it's too late. Everyone's already got the record, but with the internet, you get to re-give the record to anyone anytime you want, which is fantastic. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, this has been super fascinating. Actually, this has been a really fun interview for us. (laughs) So Amanda, where can we find you online? Uh, well, my website's amandapalmer.net. Um, my Patreon where my blog lives and, and where I've been putting out stuff frequently is just patreon.com slash Amanda Palmer. And I'm on everywhere else, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everywhere, just as Amanda Palmer. Awesome. Thank you for coming on. Thank you so much. Now it's time to solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Petra asks, My partner and I are moving across the continent and packing has been simple, except for books. How do I decide which books to bring and which to give away? Mallory, what do you, you've moved across the country recently. What do you say for this? As someone who has moved a giant library from Massachusetts to Rhode Island, to Brooklyn, New York, to four different places in Los Angeles over the past five years. I feel you. (laughs) Now is the time to do some hardcore pruning. Do you love that book? Keep it. Still going to read it? Like, for real, you're really going to read it. You're not like, oh, I might do someday. Like, you have to have, like, again, radical book acceptance. Are you really going to read this? Keep it. Fond emotional connection to a book? Keep it. Anything you're not sure of or if you're iffy on, it's got to go. It's not worth it. Moving sucks. Moving boxes of books really sucks. Only do that labor for love. Also, put them all in tiny boxes. Yeah. Or my advice on this is pack. I like to pack things half book, half other things. Half pillow, half book. Half shoes, half books. If it's if it's Bria, half book, half snacks. Half book, half snacks. <laughs> I know this is like this will drive you pre- crazy probably because you probably organize all your things so that they're all like actually organized in the same boxes. But listen, I think that it really works. You have to do like the half and half so that way you, I can carry all my boxes myself because I like to move all my things myself. I don't like to ask for help. I like to just get it done. I did hire a mover last time, but only for my big things. Maybe this next time I move, I will actually like whatever be an adult and hire someone to move I don't know anyway I think this person uh Petra cool ass name I think that um I want to bring up that life-changing magic of tidying up which you talked about in the last thing did you read that book no I only read the parody version by Sarah Knight but you can understand it from the parody version yes and literally you can read a a, so one night I got locked out of my house And I had that book randomly and from the library and I read the entire thing while I was waiting for someone to come home because you could read it in like 20 minutes or something. But it is, what you do is you take a thing, whatever you're thinking about, you look at it and you say, does this bring me joy? And if the answer is no, you should not own that thing anymore. Because it is true. Like if you think about, you look at certain books and you're like, oh, that doesn't bring me joy. It brings me guilt because I haven't read it yet. Or 
clothes with me especially or something like that where I'm like, I wore this while I was breaking up with somebody. Why do I still own it? And I just get rid of it. I love that you have a breaking up outfit. It's time to put on the breaking up outfit. Is it, is it like I, a scary I, ghost? Listen, whenever I start... It's a sheet with two holes cut in it. <laughs> <laughs> whenever I start a relationship, I go, look... If I ever am wearing this dress, you'll know that I'm about to break up with you. I don't really do that. That's that a would joke. be really, really. No, I get rid though. of the dresses that I've broken up with people in, or I get rid of whatever clothes that made or were like sad day clothes. Oh my God. What if someone's at the Goodwill and they're like, this dress is so pretty, but when I put it on, I feel so sad. Then you should take that dress off and throw it in the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I take them to clothes swaps. Hopefully they don't transfer any sort of like bad. I was just going to say, I have some clothes from you from clothes swaps. I'll tell you if I broke up with anybody in them. If you show them to me, probably did. I don't know. I do get rid of a lot of clothes because they make me feel sad. Like when I look at them physically, it's not that they don't fit. I just am like too sad. I don't know why that dress just makes me feel bummed. So I get rid of them. But I have the same thing about books. And I think this person, I think Petra should try to do that. If the book doesn't really bring you joy, fuck that book. Look, we love books here. You know, we don't often say fuck that book. But I think you should like, you're moving really far. And here's the thing. There's a bunch of other books you're going to get in your life. You don't have to take all the books that are not not you're not excited about you have to actually be excited about owning that book yeah that's the honestly that's the big thing that i want listeners to take away from this episode is that like i think it's, sometimes people get stuck with books like they get stuck in a bad relationship yeah there are other books in the sea guys we have so if many metaphors have, on this episode have, this is a very metaphor metaphor heavy episode but you have so many books <laughs> like you ever have a moment it's just like with clothes you know you look at all your books you're like oh i have a renity of these but i really kind of don't want to yeah there's know. a million other books in the world guys mm-hmm. you can Take all those books that you don't want to read, you're not excited about, that you're like, I'm never going to read this book about pillow making. Why did I? Why do I have this? Put it all in a box, bring it to a used bookstore, sell it, and get some books that you're actually excited about. That your life is too short to like have this giant library of books that you don't care about. Yeah, and that doesn't mean like there's certain books like I'm never going to throw away my copy of Judith Butler's. Uh, gender trouble because I find that book like really changed the way I thought about things and it was a big book for me in college and like there's those books are worth holding on to even though I probably will never read them again but when I look at it it brings me a lot of joy because I think about the time in my life when I read it but but yeah there's other books that honestly maybe after this episode it's time for me to do a spring cleaning yeah time do it and yeah but this is i think sometimes moving is nice for this because it forces you to do that stuff i I love it nothing ever makes you test the love of a book so much as having to schlep it across the fucking country it's true i just read this article about this guy when he moved he kept everything in boxes and then if he didn't you he did and he would take things out of boxes as he needed them. And then after like a certain amount of time, it wasn't that long. That was what I was surprised about. It was like a month or something, which I was like, that's not long enough. But but it, after that amount of time, if he didn't use the things, he just took those boxes and he threw them in the garbage. That's amazing. Yeah, which is kind of a good thing. Although I don't know if that works with books because there's a lot of things that you're not going to use yeah, I don't think this that- year, but maybe you would use next year. And like, why would you rebuy that book? Yeah. I mean, because that's the thing is I buy books all the time and sometimes and people give me books. I, I acquire books very regularly, but sometimes I like I I'm, I bought this book, the, the one that I'm holding right in my hand that the listeners can't see. Uh, I bought that like a year and a half ago, but I yeah. just and I love it and it's such a good book but I'm just reading it now. But I have been excited to read it for that entire time. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. And the same with like just hoarding books from the library, which I tend to do. Like like, if I'm not excited about it anymore, I'm probably not going to be excited about it in six months, so I may as well get rid of it now. Yeah, 
Guys, it's okay. Radical book acceptance. Book acceptance. If you want us to solve your reader problem, send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And if you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It's really great for us and helps us reach more readers. Reading Glasses is pleased to offer interactive transcripts of the show through Greta. Go to G-R-E-T-T-A dot com slash reading underscore glasses to read and turn your favorite reading glasses moments into clips that you can share out on social media. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglasses podcast on litzy at reading glasses and you can always follow along on our book adventures using the general hashtag reading glasses thanks for listening and thanks for reading maximumfun.org comedy and culture artist owned listener supported